come spirit of truth, spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation. Come have your way. Come speak your truth, Father, the only truth, the truth that is above every other uh, truth that would try to exalt itself against you, Lord, your word. Father, I pray that you come in power in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yeah, so I have this, like, this word that God gave me in the middle of the week. Uh, yo, first of all, I'd normally be in bed at, like, 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. I'm an old man, okay? I recognize that. Um, and I, I God gave me this word in the middle of the week, and uh, it was before I even knew that the theme was trailblazers or anything like that, and so I just thought that was really cool. I'm going to use the word trailblazers a lot because I threw that in there once I knew that's what it was. But this message was birthed out of a, uh, a place of just being before the Lord. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked about that. But I once was young like you, and uh, um, I'm not that old. I'm like 27, so it's not like super old. It probably feels super old to some of you. I got two kids, and I'm married, so I s- I'm old for you, but I'm not that old. Uh, but I once was young, young enough to still remember high school, and uh, I, I actually grew up in Canada, and uh, in Canada, the teachers went on strike for a little bit, and so we got these two-hour lunch breaks, and they were really dope, and me and my friends got in trouble all the time uh, during these two-hour lunch breaks, and so one day, we decided to go to a train bridge, um, and we didn't bring, like, swimming shorts or anything, but we just decided, you know what? We got boxer shorts. Those are the same thing. Let's jump off the bridge and get into the water. Um, we didn't know how deep the water was or anything, but the bridge was about 40 feet high, and it seemed like a good idea to us. And so we did some rock, paper, scissors to, s- to see who would test the depth of the water. Uh, and, and I was the one that, that lost, so I got to test the depth of the water, and I, I'm here, so I didn't die. Um, it was deep enough to hold me, um, but I, I did something stupid. I was, the, I was the trailblazer, the catalyst, but it wasn't for the wisest thing wasn't for the greatest thing. It was for something kind of dumb, and I, I found myself in positions like that a lot. But I think we all want to be trailblazers. Probably shouldn't be all jumping off bridges, being the first to do that. But we all want to be trailblazers. We all know that we're, we've been created for something more. Um, we've not been created for the American dream. Uh, I, I knew that there was more to my life than growing up and, and going through school and graduating and getting a job and then getting married, and then getting stuff, and having work, and all these things, to get old, and then just die, and leave it all behind. Like, I know, I knew that there was more purpose to my life than that, and I think you know that. I think the American dream is something that people strive after, and it always leaves them unsatisfied. That's why rock stars kill themselves all the time, because it doesn't satisfy. This world will not satisfy you, and you were meant, you were meant for more, and one thing that uh, my wife in a season of praying fasting, we just really believe that God wants to bring revival, shake the nation uh, through the youth of the nation. And I just believe that with my whole heart. And so it's an honor to speak to you tonight. Um, when I think of trailblazers, I think of David, uh, David and Goliath. That might be a story you're familiar with. Maybe not. David was the shepherd boy. His dad sends him one pig to the battlefield to bring his brothers and some people, some cheese and some bread. So he's just running an errand for Pops, and he gets there, and uh, there's this Goliath, this giant that's on the battlefield, and he comes out, and he gives his terms for battle, and he lets them know, like, this is what's up. This is how it's going to go down. Send me a champion to fight me. And there was a, a valley, and there was the Philistines, this, uh, this army that was against God on one side of the valley, and then there was God, Israel's people, uh, um, 
on this side of the valley, and they, he just wanted to, to have a fight, and whoever fought, whoever won the fight, those the uh, opposite side was going to be the slaves, those people. So he just lays out these terms, and people are cowering, and so um, he overhears Goliath speaking the terms, the conditions of the fight, and what's going to happen, and David decides, you know what, I'm going to fight this guy, and he's just a, he's a young kid. Um, and uh, one thing that I just believe God wants you to know is that your age really doesn't matter when it comes to kingdom. When it comes to God's kingdom, the, the God's spirit living inside of somebody makes the difference. And your age won't make a difference. I promise you. You can make a difference right now in your life. I don't, I don't care how young you are. But uh, I want to read this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 17 where Goliath uh, the Philistines and Goliath, they're, they're coming against David, and they're just making fun of him, uh, letting him know what's up, letting, letting him know that, that his carcass is going to be eaten by birds because Goliath's about to kill him. And David replies, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. That's brutal. That's a, this is the Bible, right? That's awesome. Um, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Doesn't this story, like, fire you up? Like, doesn't this make you want to go slay giants in your life, right? So what's stopping you? What's stopping you from slaying giants in your life? Why are you still watching porn? Why are you still smoking weed? Why are you still getting drunk? Why are you still dishonoring your parents? Why are you still favoring other people over other people? Why are you showing favoritism amongst your friends and not treating people equally? Why are you talking behind your friend's back or behind your parents' back or behind your pastor's backs? Why are you gossiping? Why can't you conquer the giants in your life? Goliath is this impossible enemy, okay, that's standing, uh, uh, and this young boy stands before this impossible enemy, and David defeats him. He, Israel's army defeats him through David. David defeats him. The whole army gains courage. They all chase away the rest of the army. It's this great victory, this great thing that happened, but it's this, like, impossible enemy, and God uses the most impossible situation to deliver Israel from this enemy. David was a trailblazer, so what's stopping you? Plot twist, you're not David. That's what's stopping you. You're not David, and neither am I. I'm not David. You're not the hero of the story. This book, this Bible, you're not the hero of the story. And we like to read things and make ourselves the heroes of the story, but we're not the heroes of this story. You know who I am? I'm the coward that's standing on the sidelines at, in Israel's army saying, I can't go fight the giant. I can't face him. That's who I am. But he slays an impossible enemy to deliver God's people. Trying to be the hero is what's stopping you from slaying the giants in your life. Because David isn't pointing us to ourselves. He's pointing us to our champion, Jesus Christ. Goliath represents sin and death. An impossible enemy for you to defeat. But Jesus Christ defeated it. And the way that he defeated it, it was in the most unlikely way. Just like David was the most unlikely, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, lays his life down for his enemies. 
And you know who he says his enemies were? You and I. Ephesians 2 says we were children of wrath. We were sons of disobedience, rebelling against God. And in that state, God, God, Christ died for sinners. He didn't die for perfect people. He didn't die for righteous people. He died for sinners. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. Man, the first step to your victory is recognizing that you need somebody is recognizing that you aren't good enough on your, in your own and on your own strength, that you cannot slay giants in your life. Israel, David said, David didn't say, I'm about to slay you. David said, God will deliver you into our hands. God's going to do something, and everybody will know the name of the God of Israel. It ain't about you, and you don't want it to be about you because you know what you get you. But Jesus Christ, man, he's got something better for you. Jesus is our trailblazer. And he says, he says to his disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Listen, being a trailblazer, this is the, if you take anything away from tonight, from my message, just hear this one phrase, please. Being a trailblazer isn't so much about who you're leading, but who you're following. Being a trailblazer isn't so much about who you're leading, but who you're following. Listen, if nobody follows behind you, and there will be people that follow you, but if nobody follows behind you and you're following after Jesus, you are a trailblazer. There is a trail of fire being left behind you. And you might, you might not even know the effects of your life ever until you get to the eternal kingdom of heaven, until you're there forever in the glory of the Father. You might not know the impact that your life has, but I'm telling you, if you follow Jesus, there will be a trail of fire left behind you. Think about Paul in scripture. Paul says, follow me, imitate me, be imitators as me, as I, what? Follow Christ, imitate Christ. Paul wasn't saying, follow me because I have something to offer you. He's saying, follow me because of the person I'm running after. I know if you're following in my trail of fire, you're going to end up at the same place that I'm going. Don't follow me. Follow the person I'm following. But listen, if you need to get behind me to get after him, then get behind me and follow me. But I'm going after somebody. It's being a trailblazer is not about who you're leading. It's about who you're following. Listen to me. The, the by, you, a man tries to make ways in his heart, but the Lord establishes his steps. The Lord says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I never wanted to be a pastor. I never asked for this. I never tried to step into the destiny that God's called me into. But I said, I'm going to set my gaze on him and follow him, and I'll end up where I end up, and this is where I'm at. I didn't have to strive for it. I didn't have to work for it. God did it. He just did it. Because why? My gaze was set on him. My eyes were fixed on him. Listen to me. You want to walk into destiny? You want purpose in your life? Follow Jesus. Run after him with your whole heart. What does Jesus say about this guy? There's this guy, John the Baptist, in Scripture, and he did some awesome things. And Jesus ends up saying about John the Baptist, he says, he says man, there has not been a greater man born to a woman ever. This guy's like the greatest of them all. But let me tell you something. Jesus says the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He says there's never been anybody born to a woman greater than John the Baptist. But guess what? He says you're greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because you're awesome? Because you've ma made as much sacrifice as John the Baptist made? No. 
I'm not eating locusts in the desert, going crazy, dressing like a wild man. Like, maybe someday, I don't know. God calls me to be a prophet. That'll probably be, like, what, what he asked me to do. The least in the kingdom is greater than he. Thank you. Why? Why are you greater than John the Baptist? Because of full communion. You're not greater than John the Baptist because you're greater, because you're awesome, but because of the spirit of God that lives in you. Listen, there, was, there were temples, there were tabernacles built where people went to meet with God, but God says you're the tabernacle now. You're the house of the Lord now. The, the spirit of the living God lives inside of you. His fire rests inside of you. You carry fire with you. If you follow Jesus, follow the, the leading of the spirit inside of you, and you'll blaze a trail, man. God wants to empower you, and he wants to, he wants to strengthen you by his spirit, but it only comes through humility. God says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Man, if you're proud before the Lord, he doesn't, it's not just that, he's not like, resist is kind of an intense word. It's not like, it's not like you're just pushing him away, but he's resisting coming to you. You're proud before him. He resists the proud. The one who's got their chin up high. The one that says, I'm not sick. I don't need help. I am righteous in my own strength. He resists you. But I'm telling you, if you could be weak before him, if you could be humble before him, if you could say, I have nothing else but you, and I want nothing else but you, he'll, he'll be there, man. People of the spirit find power by boasting in their weakness because you're not awesome. God is. This isn't this isn't about excuse making either. Listen, people don't go to the weight room and throw on 300 pounds if they're not working out. <laughs> I worked out with Pastor Eddie like a year ago. It's been a year since I worked out. Um, went back to the gym after not working out for like a year. Um, and uh, Pastor Eddie had been working out for a while and I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep up with this dude. So I did. And uh, by the end of the workout, um, I was all rubber. And then I wake up the next day, and I am stiff as a board and, like, in so much pain. I can't even let my shirt rub against my chest. Like, I'm just in so much pain. Uh, if anybody's ever done that, you know what I'm talking about. It's like extreme pain in your muscles. And that's what happened because I was being dumb. I wasn't, I was being prideful. I didn't want to admit my weakness. I didn't want to admit that I wasn't strong enough to do the things that he was doing. So I went for it. But if I would have been acknowledged my weakness, I probably would have had a way better next day, but it was terrible. Listen, boasting in weakness doesn't mean we, it, it, it boasting in weakness isn't making excuses, but it's not setting yourself up for failure. I encounter a, I, I love that there was, there was testimonies tonight about overcoming lust. I was addicted to porn for like six years, and God had to set me free from it and break me free from it. But you know what? I had to take really radical steps to walk in freedom at first. I had to put uh, think guards, safeguards on my phone and on my computer. I had to, you know what? For a season, I just put it away and said, I'm not going to touch it. I can't touch it. For a season, I had to delete all my social media because it led me down the path of getting to the place where I was sinning. I had to take radical steps. I had to. I did not admit to myself I was a strong man. Oh, man, God set me free from porn, so I'm good now. No, I had to admit my weakness to receive his strength. I 
I had to admit my weakness <laughs> to receive his strength. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yo, I love the feedback. I don't get that at church. They're like Baptists or something. I don't know. <laughs> love it. Um. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. People that people that people that can't bench 300 pounds don't try to bench 300 pounds. They watch other people that can't do it. And what we need to do is is stop. You're trying too hard. And you need to step back and watch God work. You need to step back and watch God lift the impossible weight. There's a there's a scripture uh, in the Psalms and it says, be still and know that I am God. And another translation for that, a more correct Hebrew translation that will connect with your mind probably better than be still. You know, it's cease striving and know that he's God. Stop trying so hard. God didn't ask, God didn't, God said, follow me. My yoke is easy and my burden's light. Listen, there's sometimes when I'm following the Lord and it starts to feel really heavy and I start to feel really burdened. And then I think to myself, what am I doing wrong? Because you say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I can't put the weight that I'm feeling on Jesus because it's not him, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm up to something wrong. When I start to feel the weight of the world on my shoulders, it ain't him, it's me. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. You're weak before him. Just watch him work. Just rest in him. Just love him. Just follow him. You need a release from religious pressure to be free. Religion's all about works, and relationship is all about what's already been done. When Jesus was nailed to a cross for your sin, he said, it is finished. He said, it's paid in full by my blood, by the blood of the lamb, paid in full. There's no more debt for you to pay. I paid it in full. My sacrifice is an eternal sacrifice that's enough for you forever. You don't have to do anything to receive this blood other than receive it. So just follow me and watch me work in your life. Watch me set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And guess where the spirit of the Lord is? Inside of you. Listen to me, where the spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to come here tonight to beat you down. I want to say you can walk in freedom. And, and if you're not walking in freedom, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you to stop. Like if you're not walking in freedom, just slow down a second. And realign your focus and look at him. And just follow him. Man, when I'm, when I'm before him, when I'm going after him, when I am in my word, when I'm spending time in prayer, when I just, when I'm more, the more I fall in love with Jesus, the easier it is for me to walk in freedom. And I'm not standing before you a perfect man. I'm not telling you I'm sinless or anything like that. I'm saying I cut up a whole lot less when my eyes are fixed on his eyes. Because when you lock eyes, you see truth and you're, you're receiving truth as you, as he locks eyes back with you. You, you, you receive the identity that God wants to give you, that you're a son, that you're a daughter, that you're approved. You have to do but just lock eyes with him. By the virtue of his spirit in you, you can live out your purpose. You know what your purpose is, scripture says? It's displaying his glory. Revelation 4.11 says, by his will you were created and you exist, and it's to glorify him. To glorify him. To, sh to, to display his glory. And I know glory is like, you're like, what, what is glory? 
listen, people debate about it. They talk about it. There's so many things surrounding this word. But a definition I love for glory is displaying the beauty of his holiness. You were created to display the beauty of his holiness. You were created to reveal the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the forgotten fruit, I believe, in the fruit of the spirit is that one tagged on in the end, self-control. God says that by the power of his Holy Spirit, you can have self-control. This is what separates us from the beast. Listen to me. In the Garden of Eden, you see Adam and Eve. You see people with the choice. And you see when a beast, when a deer is hungry for food, you know what a deer does? He goes and he finds food and he eats it. But humans do this thing sometimes called fasting. Why would we ever just deny our desire but for self-control? Listen to me. The difference between you and the beast is the beast has to satisfy its desire, but you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to satisfy your sinful desire. The beast has to. You don't. The beast has to satisfy its desire. You don't. God has given you a spirit of self-control. You don't have to watch porn. You don't have to smoke weed. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to get drunk. You don't have to get rich. You don't have to chase the American dream and be unsatisfied in the end. You don't have to do that. You don't have to. You know, what God wants to be to you, he wants to be your greatest treasure and your greatest pleasure. This Please chew on that. Change my life. God wants to be your greatest treasure and your greatest pleasure. I am telling you that no amount of stuff, no amount of money will ever satisfy you, ever. And no amount of sex, no amount of numbing yourself with drugs or alcohol, no amount of, of any type of pleasure that you would try to seek in this world will ever satisfy you. But Jesus can satisfy you. Jesus can be your greatest treasure, and Jesus can be your greatest pleasure. He can satisfy your soul, like truly. I didn't come here to tell you how awesome you are tonight or how awesome I am. Jesus is awesome. And I'm telling you, he is worth your follow. He's worth your like. He's worth your love. He's worth your affection. He's worth your desire. It's okay to be in pursuit of something different. When I was uh, in high school, I finally, towards the end, decided to make a, a, a choice to follow Jesus. And I told my guidance counselor, who was, like, working with everybody to get them into colleges and stuff, I told her I was going to uh, ministry school. And she was like, all right, let's, let's look at, like, a plan B. <laughs> you know, like, what are you, you know, what are you thinking doing this? Like, she was like, you're smart. You're going to throw your life away. Like, what are you doing, whatever. And uh, I was like, there is no plan B for me. This is what I'm doing for now. This is what I believe I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm doing. You can be different from everybody else. It's okay. Jesus is, Jesus is worthy of losing friends over. He's worthy of losing likes over. He's worthy of losing your popularity over. Jesus, Jesus said, man, to follow him, it's carrying your cross. Jesus says that if you desire to follow me, you need to carry your cross and follow me. You need to, you need to go to the place to die with Christ. 
and his desires become your desires, his dreams become your dreams, his life becomes your life. I'm telling you, I am more blessed now than I would ever be trying to seek my own life, but I've chosen to lose my life for his sake. You know what somebody did this year for my wife and I? We've been faithfully, you know, we faithfully give. We, we faithfully uh, have given our lives to the Lord. We, our, everything's yielded in our life to the Lord. Our children belong to the Lord. Our finances belong to the Lord. Our stuff belongs to the Lord. You know, our house, our home belongs to the Lord. That's even a miracle. Somebody gave us eight grand this year to get a vehicle. They're like, we just feel like God wants you to have a second vehicle, and here's eight grand, no strings attached, whatever you don't spend, just keep it. Like, here's eight grand for a second vehicle. So I didn't know this. My wife had been praying for a second vehicle. Her love language is gifts, and God loves giving her stuff because he speaks his love to her through those things. And so God gives us eight grand for a vehicle. Who does that? Like, people don't just give eight grand out to people. It's not normal. It's weird. It's different. Yeah, it's but the Lord, man, the kingdom of God, I, I'm not, and I'm not telling you, like, going to ministry to get free vehicles or anything like that. <laughs> it took a long time, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't want to diminish the miracle. It, it was amazing, but what I'm saying is, like, he's my pursuit. He takes care of every single one of our needs, and then above that. I'm just saying, if you fix your eyes on him, he'll satisfy you in every single way, and then he'll bless you beyond that. God is good. He loves you. He wants to bless you. Being a trailblazer isn't as much about leading as it is about who you're following. So set your eyes on Jesus. What if you stopped trying so hard? And what if you actually fell in love with Jesus? What if we were boasters of our weakness? What if we were okay being messed up and broken like the guy that's coming up here tonight saying, man, I was bound by this thing. And I just repent before all of you. Like I was watching porn. I was trying to satisfy myself with lust. And God sent me free. Like, like just be that, man. Because you know what? There's probably tons of people in here that are watching porn, and, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he said that, but it gave you some hope. Like, maybe I can be free. Listen to me. People aren't looking for fake community. They're looking for authentic community. And when people fake that they're, they got it all together, it pushes people away because they're like, I don't measure up, man, because I don't got it all together. Listen to me. Be authentic. Be, be who you are and let the Lord heal the areas that need healing. Don't be religious with one another. Don't be, don't be judgmental, critical of one another. Walk with one another. Pray with one another. Encourage one another to set your eyes on Jesus and follow after him. Goliath only had influence when people listened and believed his voice. The enemy only has influence in your life when you listen to him and believe him. He came out and gave the battle conditions, but Israel is the one that chose to believe what those conditions were, accept them and say, you know what? Somebody's got to fight Goliath. We can't all gang up on him or anything. It's got to be one guy against the other. He set the terms, so we can't all just bum rush this army and fight them all. It's got to be one, one v. one, and we don't have a giant. They accepted the terms and conditions of Goliath. But what I'm telling you is you don't have to believe his voice in your life. 
You don't have to believe his lies anymore. You don't have to believe the words of the enemy in your life. You can say, I have a God that is much greater than this giant. I have a God that is much greater than this thing that's been plaguing my life. I don't have to listen to you anymore. I don't have to believe your voice anymore. I know a God who has a better word, and I'm choosing to believe his truth, that he loves me, that I'm a son, that I'm a daughter, and that he set me free of this thing. I never was able to walk free from pornography until somebody just rattling radical encounter with the Lord and uh, um, somebody that didn't know anything about me put his hand on my back and uh, uh, it's a crazy story now I'm, I'm not going to go into all of it but put my hand on his back and uh, on my back and he just said he said no longer are you going to have to click on the internet for intimacy you've been looking for from your father listen to me in that moment I knew the chain was broken but guess what I watched porn after that but when I when I fell into it I said, you know what, like, I believed the lie of the enemy for a minute, but this is not my identity. I am not a lustful mani- man anymore. This is, this is what it is. I'm a son of God. I have confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ. I stand clean before the Lord, even right after I did this thing. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to feel shameful. I'm going to walk forward in victory. I just failed. I just stumbled. But guess what? God's got the final say, and this thing will not have me bound. And I just walked out into victory. And it took a little bit. And it would be here and there. But guess what? I don't watch porn anymore. Jesus set me free. And Jesus can set you free from whatever the bondage is that's in your life tonight. Jesus has a better word for you. Trailblazers don't have to have it all figured out. Trailblazers don't need to impress anybody. Trailblazers don't need to be strong. Trailblazers can walk by faith and not by sight because trailblazers know who they are in the eyes of God and therefore trailblazers boast in their weakness and their and, and trailblazers walk by the power of the spirit into freedom, courage and life abundant. Be saved from sin and death tonight. receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, God said that he wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. It's not something that you have to beg for. It's not something you have to be like, God, please give me this thing. You ask and you'll receive. God, God being a loving father, how much more does he want to give you good gifts? Evil, listen, I want to bless my children. I want to give them good gifts. I love them and I want to give them anything that I can give them that will be for their good. And I'm not a perfect father, but there is a father in heaven who is good and holy and perfect. So how much more would he want to give his spirit to those who ask him? You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to cry harder to receive it. Listen, there's an emotional response sometimes when you receive the spirit. But what I'm telling you is that it does not have to be fought for. He wants to give it to you. So just receive your identity as a son and daughter from the Lord and then receive the spirit that he says he wants to give you. It will set you free. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk this thing out in freedom. You cannot do it on your own. Admit that you're weak and say, Spirit of the living God, I need you. I don't have self-control in my own strength. So Spirit of self-control, come and abide in me. Spirit of self-control, come and have your way in me. Spirit who knows when to say enough, come and have your way in me. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This generation, this culture has said that your desires define the identity of who you are. But I say to you tonight that Jesus Christ has defined your identity and who you are. He's called you son and daughter. You're not gay. You're not a porn addict. You're not a drug addict. You're not an alcoholic. Desire does not define you. The spirit of the living God defines you. 
Receive his spirit tonight. Receive his freedom. Receive his truth. Walk by faith and not by sight. You are saved by grace through faith, not of your doing that no man can boast. But it's the grace of God. There is nothing you can do for it but say, Jesus, I need you. And I have my eyes fixed on you. And I'm at the end of my rope here. And I have nothing else to offer you but myself. And God, I know I'm dirty. And God, I know I'm broken. And I know I don't have anything else to give you in and of myself. But Lord, I want you. I want you. I know. I Listen, when P- Peter, when the miracle happens and And Jesus brings in the big load of fish. Peter runs to Jesus, and he falls on his face before him, and he says, get away from me. I'm a sinner. And that's the proper response. When you recognize who you are before a holy God, there will be a proper fear of the Lord that comes over you. But what I'm saying is this is what Jesus does in response to your response is don't fear. Don't be afraid. Just get up and follow me. Listen, man, he loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with an unconditional love, and you don't know what that looks like because we don't have relationships here that are like that. Listen, we are, are, your husband and your wife will be the closest thing to that, and sometimes that's a struggle. But G- God truly, 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 truly loves you with a love that is unconditional. There is no conditions. There is no, I don't care how many times you've slapped him in the face. I don't care how many times you've spit in his face. I don't t- care how many times you've cursed his name. I don't care how many times you've walked away from him, cheated on him with other lovers. What I'm telling you is that tonight, Jesus Christ has an unconditional love for you, and he just says, come to me, all you who are hungry. Come to me, all who you, you who are thirsty. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, who are broken, who are abandoned, who are hurting, and I will give you rest. You want peace tonight? It's found in Jesus. I'm telling you, the spirit of the living God can meet whatever your need is tonight. And so just receive him. The worship team could come up if you guys, I, I, don't, I don't know what you guys want to do. I'm, I'm done talking. I just, I need you to know the love of God for you. I need you to know that his spirit is more than enough for you. And I need you to know that there is nothing that you have to try and find in yourself. God can give it to you. And so just ask him. Listen, even if you can ask him tonight, you can ask him at home, in in your bed at night. You can ask him anywhere. He's with you. He's walking beside you. He's accessible. You don't have to go to a special place to find him. He's not contained to a church building. He's not contained to a temple. I'm telling you, God is all around. He is walking beside you, and you can talk to him whenever you want to. So talk to him, ask him, and let him pour out his spirit.